No, definitely. There has to be like some part of your brain is just like, nah. <laughs> it's like, wait, that's me? Yeah, we don't do that. It's me? Got to be real fucking weird, man. Definitely. I don't know, man. It is, it's a weird thing, but. <sighs> Shit. Should I crack a window? I mean, it's nice, but is it that nice? No, it's just sunny. It's a little chill. You got shorts on, man. You'll be fine. Yeah, that's Your true. balls have the, the shortest path of ventilation anyway, so. Facts. Unless you're, you know, just fucking <laughs> sticking your balls on the seat. <laughs> true, true, true. This is fact. Oh, yeah. Wee. Oh, man. Have you taken a look at the pod- podcast statistics in a little bit recently? The what? The podcast statistics. I have not, no. We're Solid. Doing, we're doing okay. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Not we're, too bad. We're doing okay for two bums out in the south side. Absolutely. But I think that's kind of the case with everything we do. We think we're doing all right overall. <laughs> it's better to be doing all right than to be not all right. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I think a wise man once said that. Yeah, something like that. Or, no, it was a wise guy. I thought that was a My Chemical Romance song. I'm not okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. That's one. Yeah, that's Fuck, one. Fuck, you beat me to it today. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Yeah, man, I guess you could say that you're not feeling very receptive today. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that, two. That was a cheap shot. That's two. It <laughs> was nice and cheap. Well, does it count if it's on the pre-roll? Does it? Yeah, it counts. Hmm. I, think, I think you've definitely snuck in one or two during the pre-roll, and we've counted it. Hmm. <laughs> you know, it might be kind of dangerous business. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway. Ooh, sorry. I didn't mean peeking the microphone. Sorry. All right. Uh, hold on. Oh, I got to do that thing. I forget to doing that thing. I got to add that thing. You know? That thing, man. Yeah, that thing. So, uh, you ready? Oh, yeah. What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Second City Kids Podcast, episode number 109. 109, man. Big number. Yeah, man. We're moving. I feel like uh, we've definitely hit a stride over the last year and a half or so, and we're just moving and grooving, you know? Yeah, I yeah. think so. Hitting it. There's, there's like, a, like a rhythm to it almost. Absolutely. And now it's like, because um, like before it was like, I felt like when we would plan the podcast, it was almost like, oh, man, we have to put like time aside. But now it's like, oh, man, that this is what we do on, on Sundays now. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like going to the gym, man. You go long enough and you're like, shit, I got to go to the gym today. Yeah. It's not like I got to make time for the gym. It's I have to. Yeah. It's part of your bodily function. Yeah, it's just part of, part of your whole deal, right? Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm your host, Jacob. And with me today, I have Gabe as the huge um, on a relatively nice day, springy-ish day on the south side of Chicago, Illinois. Yeah. yeah, man, it's nice out. Uh, the sun's out. It's uh, it's definitely an improvement over the uh, 16 degrees and everything's frozen over, like you know, final circle of hell type of shit. Absolutely. So I'll take that. It yeah. was it was like 40 out yesterday, man. I wanted to start up the bike, but uh, it just wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, it was like a yeah, like the winter was going like a scorched earth kind of thing after a while, where it's just like <laughs> yeah, definitely everything's just fucking desolate and empty. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it's nice to have the sun out and. A little bit of an uh, of a break from the colder days, and it looks like they're coming to an it, end. You know what's nice is that like I don't suffer from from it myself, but I know a lot of buddies, especially in like the IT field. Like you don't, you know, if you're like really balls deep, you don't get out enough and shit, and you don't really see the sun. So I know guys that are like have like seasonal depression, especially like late winter. 
because that bitch is out for like a handful of hours and then yep. it's gone you know yep like we we were joking around like yeah we go to work when the when it's dark and we leave when it's dark sometimes yep. you know but now with the sun being up man it's gonna be nice it was like that at um at ups too. oh yeah oh yeah yeah especially during the winter when you know like you said sun goes down at four anyways so yeah but the nice thing about winter was that you'd work doubles yeah so money yeah definitely true but yeah so uh yeah i mean the sun's still up and it's four four thirty now granted we did spring forward spalt back spring forward spring forward spring forward yeah uh i totally forgot about that uh i had a hard time sleeping last night man i just you know how you ever had those nights where you're just tossing and turning and you just can't yeah, yeah. and uh, i looked at the last time i checked the uh the the clock i'm like oh my god it's fucking five o'clock go to sleep stupid what's wrong with you but uh yeah i ended up getting you know going to sleep and Woke up like at ten, so I got a couple hours. Not not the most, but it is what it is, man. Thing it's Sunday. Yeah, it is Sunday. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, first and for, you know, first and foremost, how how was your week, buddy? It was good, man. It was it was good. I uh, I'm trying to get back into the whole gym routine. You know how that is, though. Sometimes. Yeah. So I'm just trying to stay on track, and I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to commit. And the whole thing was that I'm, I'm doing this out of spite for someone. I like okay, I'm doing it for myself, right? Yeah. But I'm doing it to like prove a point because my buddy, he just got his like work bonus. And so, you know, he bought some stuff for himself, blah, blah, blah. And one of the things he bought was a treadmill. Now, I know this dude. I loaned this dude a book and it's been a month and he hasn't even fucking flipped it open yet. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with the treadmill? He's like, oh, I'm going to run. I'm going to get in shape, blah, blah, blah. I was like, just get a gym membership. He's like, no, man, I got the treadmill. And so here's, <laughs> I was like, how much did you run? He's like, oh, man, I ran like 10 minutes. And I was like. How many miles? I don't, I don't know, man. So now I'm like keeping track of all the miles I run, all the floors I climb, shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, bro. So how's that? You know, granted the treadmill is on sale, but it's still 150 bucks, you know? So now I'm just kind of like, yeah, bro. So, so how about that 150 bucks? You'll never get back. How about <laughs> and so I'm just fucking with them now. And it's, yeah, of course I'm doing it for myself. I want to be healthier. I want to drop some pounds. You know, I've, I've chunked up a bit since yeah. we, since well, we first met. Me, Adrian, I call it your man body. My man body. You got a man body. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny. Everybody calls it that. It is man, it's a man body. I have some family and uh, I see one of them like once a year for like either Christmas or Easter, depending on whose house because we rotate every year, right? Yeah. And so the one year was when I gained like the 40 or 50 pounds and the dude, he's real nice. He's real sweet. He didn't mean it in a mean way, but he was like, yeah, man, you really like bulked up. You look like a man now. And I was like, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I was... uh. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Adrian, and I were talking about it because I was thinking about the turkey bowl that we did that one year, and I oh, told three years ago. Yeah, and I told you, I'm like, man, if I ran into you, you'd be like, you running into a brick wall, and you're like, yeah, because you built like a goddamn tree trunk. That's like the most real thing, like the most realistic and uh, funny, like perspective. Or, Is that what I said? Yeah, you're like, goddamn, you you built like a goddamn tree trunk. That's why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think uh, if a collision between me and you would be a little bit more, I don't want to say equal because I'm so bigger than you're you. bottom heavy, bro. Yeah, I'm definitely, <laughs> I'm definitely bottom heavy. I, yeah. I got. I got like a foot on you, so I'm top heavy, man. I'm like a weevil wobble. I'm like, you remember Mighty Beans? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like a Mighty Bean. <laughs> That's excellent. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we got that going on. Uh, but yeah, man, uh, as far as me, uh, it was an all right week. Not, not not too interesting. You know, like you've, you've probably had this happen before, but you know, like when somebody is like way up there and like it's kind of, it's kind of I don't want to say looking over your shoulder, but it's like, okay, I'm, I'm going to sit in, sit in on your, well, you know, your day and kind of just like shadow you. Yeah. Observe what you're doing. That 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 kind of that kind of throws me off. I don't really like it. You know what I mean? Uh, I had that happen to me this week. I had somebody from the district come in and like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna sit through your class and see how you're doing. And granted, she wasn't intrusive or anything like that, and she actually added some flavor to the class because hearing myself talk for three and a half hours annoys me. Yeah. 
So I can't even imagine what the people <laughs> sitting there are thinking. So it was nice, but um, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you know we'll be back to the me doing my own class again. It's nice. I didn't change the agenda or nothing like that. You know, I, I still talk how I talk and all of that. But for sure, man, sometimes it's just nice to get feedback or just kind of bring up, break up the monotony. Yeah, a little bit. So um, that's what I had going on this week. Nothing too crazy. Uh, actually, uh, remember last year how you know me and Adriana were supposed to take that Disney trip, but you know just ended up falling at the wayside. Yeah. This year, my mom has offered at, at the generousness of her heart and mainly for her granddaughter uh, that she was going to pay for me and Adriana and the baby to go out to, to, to Florida this year. That's nice. She insisted. Um, I had to con- convince Adriana because she wasn't really comfortable with that, which right. is fair enough. Um, but you know, it took some convincing. But I mean, I won't get a Christmas present or or you know none yeah, of that. Yeah, but fuck that. You get to go to Disney. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we'll be going in October. I'm excited. It's gonna be my first flight. I've never fl- flown a day in my life. It, it's nice because um, I've driven to Florida before. Not like 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 me the driver, but I've been on in the a car road ride. trip. It's yeah. like fourteen hours. You Nineteen. Know? Well, where where are you going? Where where did you go in Florida? Uh, we hit St. Petersburg first. Oh, okay, so that's a little bit yeah, that's a little bit yeah. closer. Did to you me. guys like stop frequently? My mom is my mom stops like every thirty minutes. It feels like really <laughs> yeah because I, uh, I I went with my sister and my brother in law and they just took shifts like they one person drove and then the other person drove and we only tanked up when we needed to yeah I was like guys let's get in get out ten minutes take absolutely. your shits and get back in absolutely and so it was nice and quick that's how I like it yeah because my, my mom's like oh. I'm a little hungry. I'm not hungry yet, but I'm a little hungry. I could yeah. stop and take a look around. It's like, come on, mom, we gotta go. We gotta go. But you'll see how nice it is to get there in like three hours. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's what I'm looking forward to. Because like my thing was like we were gonna drive because the, the, the road trip is a little bit fun. You know, the, the, yeah, it's things, an experience. Those things are fun. Um, but I'm thinking about I'm like, oh my god, and I have my little girl strapped in a car for 19 hours, and she's not. She doesn't like being strapped in the car for an hour, let alone 19. So I'm just. Yeah. I'm managing that meltdown in my head. I'm like, I and then really you like, got to manage your wife too. Cause it, it's not like you can drive. Yeah. You know, and so are you going to let her do the 14, 15, 16, maybe 20 hours straight with the kid? Yeah. That's, you know, that's rough. So I was just telling my mom, I'm like, I'll suck it up. I'm, I'm going to be a, cause I, I'm afraid of heights. You know, I have like, yeah, so, no, I feel uh, you. You know, Fuck that shit. <laughs> yeah. So I have that psychological issue with them. Like, but I'll suck it up if it means we get, get there in two and a half hours. I'm like, I might get hammered. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get plastered. <laughs> Airplane liquor is expensive, man. Is it? If you're gonna get anything, get get like don't get beer, get spirits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just opt right in for the hard stuff. Yeah, uh, quick and easy, right? But um, yeah, man, bring your headphones. Oh yeah, I'm we, gonna go. We had the fortune of uh, when we flew out to the UK uh, in 2016. We had the fortune that they had a fully loaded entertainment center. They had granted it was a tiny ass screen. There was like 200 movies to choose from. Oh, fuck and that. so I was like, all right, let's watch through the looking glass. Let's watch the Batmans. They had the dark Knights on there. And then before we know we were in fucking the UK and I was like, sweet. Yeah, that's That's nice. Yeah. We're looking into flights and stuff like that now, right now. So but thanks mom. I know you're listening. Appreciate it. Um, so yeah, that, that was my week. We're starting to pr- plan that whole thing. We go in October. Uh, I was telling Adriana that I'll bring the snowball and the laptop and uh we'll her and i will do a show on location for the very first time very cool yeah. traveling podcast yeah absolutely the sisterhood of the traveling snowball there you go i like that maybe i i think you just named that episode gabe <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's there we good. go that's good i like that but um so yeah man so real quick the the agenda is not beefy but uh for those of you that don't know me and gabe we have the tendency to take a non-beefy agenda and somehow make it a beefy agenda just due to rants. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get this started, all right? So I got kind of two stories that I brought this week. The first one is entitled The Windows Story. All right, so have you ever been in like this situation 
where you're like, all right, where's the fucking cameras? I know I'm on like a show or something. <laughs> you ever been to one of those? Yeah. I had one of those where I felt like I was in like a fucking like a sitcom or a comedy show or something, right? Because at uh, work in the building, I sit like a kitty corner away from the window. Like I turn my head like, you know, to the left, at, like 11 o'clock and I see the window and that l- leads to the gated parking lot. And then behind that is like, you know, your side streets and shit. So I want to say it was like Tuesday. Um, all sorts of wacky shit was going on. There was your usual cars that were like flying down that street where it's like 20 and they're going like 80. Like there was motherfuckers honking at each other. It was people yelling. There was like all sorts of wacky shit. But what really took the cake, my boss went out for a smoke, right? And I'm just, you know, kind of typing away, doing my stuff. And I hear, I'm like, what the fuck is going on over there? I look out the window, dude. Some pit bull jumped over the fence and was chasing this dude down the street. And the pit bull was freaking the fuck out. And what does the guy do? Instinctively grabs his hat and waves it at the pit bull. Oh, yeah, that'll yeah, work. That'll shoot it off, right? Yeah. And so, dude, this dog was going nuts. Like, rawr, 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 rawr. and all right. So, so, so thankfully, nothing happened to the guy. He wasn't bitten or anything like that, but he had a panic attack and the ambulance showed up. Oh, and shit. And the fire department and all this shit. And my boss gets back in and I'm like, dude, what the fuck happened out there, right? <laughs> And there was like 12 of these paramedics out there. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. And I was kind of like, there's no way anybody's going to believe me. <laughs> you know, when I tell them this story. Yeah, yeah. It was just a whole day worth of like believable nuisances building up to this thing. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's funny. I like that. I, I just thought it was goofy. I was like, all right, where, where are the cameras? Where's Ashton Kutcher? <laughs> <laughs> you just been punked. Absolutely. Yeah, oh, man. Oh, man. Did I ever tell you that story about Adriana's dog? No. Which one? In the old neighborhood. So... Uh, this was like maybe a year and a half, two years into me and Adriana dating. She already had her short hair at this point. So about a, probably about two years. Um, so her family was out of town, right? Um, and her, she had her friends sleeping over her house, you know, cause she didn't want to be alone. I was walking over. I was, I was halfway there to her house and then no, 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 no. So yeah, I got there, you know, we were, they were making breakfast or whatever. And um, Adriana went, went to go let her big ass pit bull out, right? Um, yeah, she would have a big ass pit bull, right? Yeah, well, not her, but her father. But um, so she lets him out, and then I'm sitting at the table with Adriana's friend, and then I hear Adriana like screaming, freaking out. I'm like, oh god! So I look out the window, and she, there's no Adriana. The gate's open. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. Dog got up. Yeah. So <laughs> so it's it down the alley. So we're going. I you know I peek my head out, and Adriana, the dog's like freaking out at this fence there's i think there's like a little dog underneath it barking and this dog i, I don't i don't have a very uh strong attachment to this dog because it's a piece of shit but uh like barking 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 and then adriana's just kind of standing there stuck on stupid right because <laughs> you know it is what it is i'm like okay i'm like well we got to get your dog away because this dog is like starting to, to chew through the fence like starting to like gnaw damage property yeah, yeah that's it, when it becomes a real issue yeah so it's starting to gnaw through the fence and it's like it's getting like wood chips in its gums and bleeding Ugh. and it's losing its mind at this point i'm like okay we gotta do something so we chased it around the block it scares like a shit ton of people because it's a fucking big massive ass pit bull running around the block Scaring people. You have to keep in mind there's a bunch of Mexican ladies with a bunch of little kids and they're all freaking out, right? So I'm like, okay. Luckily, we turned the corner on Adriana's block. I'm like, okay. We're, it's almost over, right? The dog started to slow down a little bit. Looks like it started to relax, calm down. I'm like, okay, we're going to get the dog, get in Adriana's backyard. And that's and it, it. No muss. Yeah, no, little, no. It'll be okay. 
you know, not nothing too bad, nothing too crazy. The neighbor's next door dog, little little like Maltese looking thing, runs to the fence and barks. And the dog just fucking snaps and fucking charges the fence, knocks down the fence. Oh my god. Knocks down the like fucking uh from the dog from Sandlot, like Hercules from Sandlot, knocks down the fence and grabs the little dog and starts fucking freaking out. At this point, Adriana's crying, standing behind me, completely fucking useless, a blubbering mess. No, like I'm like, do something about your dog. I'm like, cause this dog is gonna die if you don't do something about your dog. She's sitting there not doing anything. I'm like, all right. So at this point in my head, I decided I'm like, all right, this is gonna happen. I'm going to hop over this fence. I'm going to tackle this dog. If this dog takes a run for me, there's a glass shard right there. I already eyed it. I'm, like, I'm going to stab this dog in the neck. I'm going to fucking kill this dog. Because there's no way that yeah. this dog is. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. There's no way. I'm not. I'm, I don't give a fuck whose dog it is. This dog is going to die if it comes after me. All right. Hop over the fence. Grab her dog by its waist. Kick the little dog out of the, out of the pit bull's mouth. Fucking I German suplex this, <laughs> this fucking pit bull. Over the fence? For, for, no, no, no. Fortunately, the neighbors were out and grabbed their dog and ran inside. Like I said, they're in the neighbor's yard at this point. Yeah. They grabbed their dog, ran inside. I suplexed the dog, jump over the fence, close the fence behind me, and I'm kind of holding myself against it while the dog starts to calm down. Fortunately or unfortunately, the cops come, right? Okay. Because it attacked the dog. So... They're like, well, we're gonna have the right report about this. You might get a visit from animal control, and you know, it is what it is. What happens was gonna happen. No follow up with that ever. It never came. Um, but so essentially, I saved this little dog's life. Yeah. In a moment of pure insanity. My German suplexing <laughs> this pit bull. Yeah, straight up. And uh, Adriana was completely useless, and she did nothing the whole entire time. And I'm still holding over her. This is very dangerous. See, there's this like, I'm sure you're familiar with the fight or flight response. Yeah. And I feel like we've been in enough stressful situations. Like when you get into the pit, you know, you're like, okay, I can either stay on the edge and put elbows up or I could get balls <laughs> deep in there and fuck some people up, yeah. you know? And it's just like, it's this mentality that like, we need to do something. Like crying about it's not going to resolve the issue. Yeah. And I feel like we're very like, on the same page about that stuff around or cry, through. cry later. That, that's my, my, my mentality about any objective, any objective, any uh, obstacle that comes up in my life is around or through either. I'm going to go around it or I'm going to go through it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's my, that's my life. So, uh, yeah. So like I said, the dog's still alive to this day. I, I every time I see it, I get this, this, you just shake your head at it. Yeah. I just get this look in my eye. I'm just like, I don't trust you as far as I can fucking throw you, which apparently isn't that far. Cause I tried, um, <laughs> dog landed on Ted. And like I said, they, we were able to take care of it. Uh, the dog fortunately was okay. The, the neighbor's, neighbor's dog. dog. He, I mean, he got like flesh wound, but he was all right. It's better than being dead. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, the asshole still has the fucking balls to bark at me. Even I saved his life. Anyway, that's the, <laughs> that was my pit bull story. I know. Again, I, I, I can, yeah, you know, this is what it is. It's a good story. It's one of my favorite stories with Adriana because it just shows our mentalities. Because, like you said, crying doesn't do nothing about fixing the no, situation. Cry, cry later. Yeah. Do something now. Yeah. And uh, Adriana just would rather sit there and cry hysterically than, and then accomplish yeah, something. Yeah, she's going to get eaten by the pit bull next time. <laughs> exactly. So that was my pit bull story. I'm Very sorry. cool, man. Very cool. I know you Shit. got, I'm sorry. I know you got another story. No, Go man, no worries. <laughs> um, So if you've ever driven through like the northeastern part of Illinois, you know Crazy Kaplan. No, I don't know Crazy Kaplan. Crazy Kaplan, buy one firework, get seven free. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I guess you know, what you're talking about, yeah. So apparently... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah Crazy yeah, yeah. Kaplan's fireworks, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Munster. Uh, <laughs> so a couple of my coworkers are mutual friends with people that know the Kaplan. Okay. 
And so they were telling me that, yeah, crazy is the best word to describe this dude. He's literally like off the fucking hinges type of shit. <laughs> and so what, what my one coworker told me was that um, Kaplan has like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. And so he'll like, he'll get hit with the urge to shit out of nowhere. And this dude is so unhinged that sometimes when they're unloading fireworks off the truck and stuff, he'll just take like a fucking box like right there and just fucking shit right there in it, right? But hang on, it doesn't stop there, right? And so he tells me that this dude smokes his cigar in the storage room, right? It's one thing to smoke in the propane room because Mythbusters disproved that, right? Yeah. But in a fucking firework room and... He was telling me that, like, yeah, one of the new guys was like, oh, you can't smoke in here. And he's clearly never known that this dude is the fucking owner. He is the crazy Kaplan. Mm -hmm. And he's just fucking smoking a stogie. Just in there next to, like, a thousand fireworks. Not a care in the fucking world, man. And I just thought that, like, you know, we always think crazy Kaplan. Oh, yeah, man. It's just, like, this, like, kind of weird chain store. No, this dude is a literal fucking nut job. And, like, they told me that crazy is, like, the best descriptor for this character. You know what's funny about that? Because, like, there's people like that that actually, like... I think we we see stuff like that in movies and we fail to recognize that there's people like that that actually exist. You, you know what though? I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past anyone or anything anymore. Like I wouldn't doubt it because you ever scroll through like Facebook? Like obviously I don't cuz I don't have a Facebook anymore and this is one of the main reasons I got rid of it. But you ever scroll through and you're like, "Wow, I can't believe you just fucking posted that." Mm-hmm. You know, like, "Wow, you know, you're 35 acting like you're 12." Yeah. You know? just all the like the dumb cringy stupid shit that everybody posts on the internet now it's like all these it's a it's a consolidation of morons idiots and dumbasses (laughs) and now they're on your timeline (laughs) it really is man so as opposed to just avoiding them at the party which is what you normally do now you just have the constant bombardment of their nonsense yeah because they can and i'm not going to dive into this whole other separate rant but no no no, you can hide behind a screen yeah and you could post whatever you want yeah. Because when somebody calls you out on it or whatever, you're like, oh, fuck you, you don't know me. But when you're in person and somebody calls you out, totally different experience. Yeah. You know, there's those keyboard warriors and those people behind the screen, behind the mask, and they're just, dude, like, it's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. I, I stay far the fuck away from that shit. Interesting. Yeah. You know me, man. I, I, I keep a relatively low, low profile, profile. Yeah, definitely. But, dude. <laughs> yeah, Gabe, because uh, I'm, I'm going to be working on an intro for the for the pod. Or an outro, rather, for the pod. And Gabe's like, yeah, um, I know I used to, like, share my, my Snapchat, but can you just, like, not include that? No, nah, man, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, you just not. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's fine. I'm like, I figured since you stopped sharing it that you didn't want it shared. So. Yeah, dude, but. Yeah. yeah like, like, all right, next time you're scrolling through your, through like, Facebook especially, just take a note. Just count on your one hand and then your other hand and then your toes because you're going to need all of them. Just how much dumb shit is out there? Yeah, no, that's a plenty. Do, do you remember those like? You remember those like gangster drawings of like SpongeBob and Pet, like all these like gangster te- cartoons? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that shit was fucking cringy. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, motherfuckers really out here looking like Danny Worsnup in 2012 type of shit. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what else was I say? So speaking of Facebook, so I, I mean, I think I'm pretty funny, right? So I posted a uh, teenager I watched for Back to the Future yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. And. Um, this is the scene where, where Marty's trying out for, um, you know, the, the dance or whatever, the band okay. thing, the band tryout thing. And I'm like, man, I'm like, man, I can't believe Huey, Huey Lewis got into this movie, right? Adrian's like, yeah, why is he even in there? I'm like, the power of love. 
back in time. Like he literally does all the jams for this fucking movie. And I'm like, I just look at it. I'm like, what? How do we get married? <laughs> how do we get this far? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Right I'm, like, I'm like, how did you miss that? And if she likes Huey Lewis in the news. Who doesn't like Huey Lewis in the news? I'm just so confused by that. I don't know. Maybe Christian Bale. Pro- oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> well, he, well, he liked it enough to murder somebody to him. But anyway, I just thought that was funny. I, I, like I said, we've been busting out some good stuff on Facebook recently. So I'm pretty funny. Yeah, man. That's uh, that's interesting. I what is this like the umpteenth time you guys watched these movies together? Yeah. She now brings it up. Yeah. It's so weird. Uh, yeah, it's just, I just think it's funny. Yeah, man, it's kind of like, well, why is George Lucas in Star Wars? Um, hmm, well, let's see. <laughs> I can think of a handful of reasons. Yeah, absolutely. So, speaking of which, I mean, this is kind of a sidebar, and we don't really have a place to fit it in the podcast quite yet, anyways. But apparently, Disney announced when they're going to open up that Galaxy's Edge at Disney World. It's this year, right? It's supposed to be 2019. It's, it's going to be in August. They're opening it up in August. It's yeah, going to be should be crowded and des well. Desolate is the complete opposite word. Should be crowded and sweaty and ugly. Yeah, so sharpen your elbows. Yeah, we're going to like I said, we're going to October, so I'm hoping that some of that immediate like uh what's the word I'm looking for? Man- buzz. Ma- mania buzz uh will kind of go away, I'm hoping. Uh but I told Adriana, I'm like, just so you know, I'm like, if I go in, because I don't really know I need to go on the rides this time. The rides are gonna be the next time we go through, right? Yeah. I'm like, I'm more about worried about the ambiance. That's what I'm really gonna be judging. And I'm like, just so you know, there's a good opportunity that if I see the Millennium Falcon kind of sitting there, and you can go into it. I might not just leave. Like you might not be able to get me out of there. <laughs> you might have to like. <laughs> I might just live here, live under the floorboards, like Han Chewie and Luke. Ex- exactly. So um, yeah, I'm more. Yeah, it should be fun. I'm so, so is is it completed? Do you know? Because I think it's completed. Okay, it'll be completed. Yeah. Uh, now, like I said, not to say that they're not going to add stuff, but I think kind of their initial the, work is, the core yeah is done will be done. Yeah. So uh, that's exciting. The upside of that is. Um, I don't mean to make this about the Disney trip necessarily, but the upside of that is of that being open is that it's going to clear out some of the crowd from Toy Story Land. So I'm I'm kind of amped about that. It's going to clear out good chunks of the crowd from every little park. Yeah, probably. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped about that. Yeah, but, man, should be fun. Get yourself a, a build a lightsaber. Yeah, Maddie got me one when she went last time or two times ago. Now we're thinking. Yeah, yeah. they're like they're not that expensive. Yeah, speaking of which, you know, Elisana is terrified of that little lightsaber that I have. My lightsaber. Because it turns on. Oh, because it makes the... Bzzz. Yeah. She, That's she, hilarious. She is terrified of it. She does not like it. Oh, man. She's going to be in for a shell shock <laughs> when she meets Vader. <laughs> right. Um, we have uh, we have objectives. But anyway, I'm not going to say I don't want to make this all about the Disney trip, especially since we have a little bit of an agenda and we're already almost 30 minutes in. Very cool. So uh, let's start off with uh, something you're kind of a little late to the party, too. Yeah. Um, let's start with the masterpiece that was the mid-90s. Yeah. Jonah Hill's... Debut directorial. All right, just so you know, uh, I bought this at Best Buy last week. I forgot to mention okay, to you. Okay, so you, so you doubled down. Yeah, I, I bought it, and I'm like, at the very least, I'm like, Gabe will buy it for me if I don't like it, right? I figured, I'm like, I could give it to him like five bucks or something like that, right? That's what yeah, I figured. okay. That's what I figured. So I'm like, all right, let's knock this out because we bought a whole bunch of stuff. Well, uh, hang on, hang on. Before you get any further, did you forget about the whole like 30-day return policy? <laughs> well, yeah, you're right about that, but I figured, whatever. Anyways. Okay. Um, <laughs> So um, we actually ran about uh, we bought a bunch of stuff. I brought uh, War for Planet of the Apes, which is like eleven bucks Blu-ray the box set. Or? No, just the just the steel box for the the last movie that came okay, out. Very I, cool. And I fucking love that. They, man, those steel boxes are so cool. Yeah, they're very good looking. And then now they have the pop art boxes too. You seen those? Yeah. Fuck, man. And it's funny because it's killing it with that. Yeah, and it's it's so weird because it's it's Best Buy. You would think that you know they would put the little most li- minimal amount of effort for these things, throw it on a shelf, and have that be they, it. They have a couple of collections, man, because. 
the, I'd say the Steelbox one is the biggest because mm-hmm. you probably have the most selection. The Pop Art one's coming up, and then they have a couple like uh, uh, like spinoff series too of those two. Yeah. So it's like alternate arts, like comic book art. Yeah. All they're, sorts they're, of interesting they're stuff. own versions of the shit. Yeah, man. Kind of cool. Uh, so yeah, I got. To, I'll probably. I'll show you after the, after the show. But uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool looking. But I'm like, all right. I'm like. Let's watch this movie because, like I said, it was something that we both kind of had interested in. I was more interested in her, right? So we sat there and we watched it. Keep in mind, this is a relatively short film. It's not super long. Maybe it was like, like an hour forty. No, nah, I probably I think it was less than that, like an hour twenty. Twenty probably, Maybe. yeah, somewhere yeah. in the ballpark. So this kicks off. It's a you know it's an interesting enough opening. Uh, I did not know that uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross did the score for it. Did not know that. Um, those are like my two favorite scoring. Producers, directors, whatever. Absolutely. Um, So got into that, watched it, and Adriana said about maybe like 15 minutes, and she's like, you're going to like this movie. I'm like, why? She's like, it's just one of those movies that you'll like. Because I like kind of period pieces and like kind of based on the... Capturing the time frame and encapsulating the the feel of that era. And like the adolescence side of it, you know what I mean? Like I like Days to Confuse because I think it did a good job of, I mean, granted I wasn't around, but did I think (laughs) a decent job of capturing what the 70s was like for teenagers in the middle of nowhere, Texas, right? And uh, I think this did it. I think you could say the same for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but. Well, yeah, I guess. (laughs) But uh, this, I think, did a good job of younger, you know, early teenagers, mid-90s California skater skater crew. And, um, yeah, man, it's it's funny because. I was telling her, I'm like, there's some like some things in the movie that I'm just like, I relate to that 150. percent Oh yeah, oh just, yeah, oh man, it was ridiculous. Yeah, just like some of the like having uh, the interactions with the friends, kind of like just, fuck shit and uh, <laughs> what was his name, Ray, 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 uh, and yeah, some of those guys, man, it was like so genuine. Yeah, and it's uh like I said, I mean, most of these guys were unknowns. I know Ray was like a, I think he's like a producer too, or like a musician, but um. These guys are relatively unknown actors, and they all did a really good job. It's, it was seamless; like you couldn't tell that they were acting. You well, because because the point Maddie brought up after we saw the movie, she said that they did a really good job casting, and I said, "Yeah, because I wouldn't necessarily call these guys actors first. Yeah, because like you guys like fuck shit and Ray, those are skaters first. And yeah. my thought process was Jonah Hill probably went down to the skate park and said, "You, you, and you." We're going to give you a two-week crash course on how to act, and then we're going. We're doing yeah. this. You just got to be yourself. Yeah. And, like, because these kids weren't, like, no offense to them, right? But they weren't, like, your typical perfect-looking... No, they're not. Yeah. Hollywood kids, like, oh, boy, from uh, Stranger Things or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah. They look you're, like you're just your average, unassuming kids that you'd fucking see at the skate park. And it's funny because uh, they even, like, make, make a... like a They poke fun at that, like, especially fuck shit with, like, his kind of mixed background because you don't really see a whole lot of mixed actors out there like that. Or, like, with the whole security guard, and they were just talking shit to the security guard, which is... Oh, my God. Which was so good, um, <laughs> but yeah, man. But you know, outside of kind of that initial, uh, you know, kind of um, appeal for us, because like I said, we we grew up in the Tony Hawk era, right? The Tony Hawk skating era. There was a lot of heart to this film. There's a lot of yeah. deep, deep inside meeting, especially with that older brother. That was a very intriguing storyline. That to was me. brutal, man. That was that really was. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting thing because at the end of the day, um, he just wanted to hang out with his brother. And his brother didn't want to be anywhere near him and beat the shit out of him, which led him to having those friends because he didn't have a brother that he can relate to. And it's funny because, you know, he was like, oh, your friends are, are gay or whatever, whatever he said. But it's at the same time, it's like, well, the only reason he's really hanging out with him is because he, you don't. He you says, don't. Yeah. Because you don't. It, it, it's a very interesting dynamic. And yeah. I think it 
kind of like I didn't have a brother. My brother passed away before I really got a chance to relate to him, right? Yeah. But I had a nephew that is he's eighteen now, so it's like the three, four, five, five year gap, right? But like I felt like I was the bigger brother in that situation, even though you know, kind of, kind of similar to the dynamic of that of me being the asshole. It's always kind of like just fuck off, fuck off, type of shit. And it was kind of weird seeing that on screen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, because it's funny because th- that you say that because I have the same dynamic with Adam, but me and Adam were always close, like our whole entire lives. We were always close. Um, you know, as I you know got into my early teen years, like it was formidable years. All the time I spent with Adam and the band and Kevin. I told I talked to Kev the other day, and I'm like, bro, I'm like, I've known you the majority of my life. Think That's about, scary, isn't it? Yeah. Think about that. And I'm like, you're you know, I've known you the majority of my life. That's sick. There's something <laughs> titties. Yeah, there's something there's something wrong with that. But uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic. So um, and then you know his integration into this group where initially at first they were kind of off puttish, but you know showing you know how he kind of became a part of it very naturally, organically. Uh, nothing they like he didn't have to do anything that was like. Um, you know, like ridiculous. They yeah. didn't have to jump him in or anything. He just showed up and skated. He, he said something goofy, and the next thing you know, he's so part, he's in. That's yeah. exactly how it went down too. Yeah. He, back in the day, man. Yeah, exactly. You said something that somebody made you laugh. You're like, all right, you and I could be friends. You know what I mean? And that's how it was. And uh, the skating was really cool. I think they presented it in a very organic fashion to the way it was. That whole fisheye camera lens real low to the ground. That's skating, man. That's that's how that is. That's how all those skate videos from that time period. They all look exactly like that. And I counter referenced it with um, Ronnie Mullen footage. Oof. I'm like, that's that's <laughs> yep. that's that's Spot it. On. Yeah, that's the footage. So uh, yeah, like I said, they, they they establish these characters, and like I said, they're not they're not gonna blow you away. It's not Oscar nominated shit, but. They do a, a believable job because, you, like you said, it feels like they're kids being kids. Well, well even that, man, like, you kind of, like, look back at the film, and granted, it wasn't the main focus, but, like, all these kids are so fucking fleshed out, and their backstories are so well done. Look at, like, fuck shit, right? Like, his parents are, like, world-renowned doctors or whatever, and he just wants to skate. He doesn't give a shit. He doesn't give a shit. You know, he has no respect for life or, mm-hmm. or for anything like that, as we see throughout the movie. And then you have Ray, the guy who comes from the total opposite end of the world, where he came from the dirt, and he wants to aspire to be something. He wants to start skating into a career. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like you say that he, like you said, his his parents are doctors, but um, you could tell that his parents don't spend time with him. Just kind of how he, he interacts. how he is, yeah. yeah, how he interacts with everybody else. And it's funny because they have that conversation where he's like, "Yeah, I just want to take it easy. I want to skate. I want to have fun." And then Ray's like, "I'm trying to get out of it." He's like, "I'm not from the hood." And it's like it's so that's such a real thing. You know what yeah, I mean, that's such it's, a real, it's a real divide. Yeah, right there. And granted, they're best friends, but you, you don't always see eye to eye with your best friends all the time right and it's such a real thing uh, that what's the what's the what was the mexican kids kid? i have no idea i forget his name um but his background too man when they dropped him off and like the fucking yeah little apartment motel thing yeah Oof. and then he just took off and went the other opposite direction almost because like he was embarrassed or he didn't want them to really see what he was going through or he just yeah. didn't want to be home uh whatever it was uh it's very 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 beautiful now like i said the kid's story was very interesting um it was, they, it was a wild ride honest yeah to God. and like you said it kind of shows this kid it kind of innocent enough has the ren and stippy t-shirts eventually turning into this kind of this i don't want to say skater thug but almost you know I mean, part turning of a, into what the movie presents fuck shit as is that something where you're so over consumed by the culture that you don't want to be it, yeah you know absolutely and uh it's a great story, man. I mean, the, the whole having the pros over and fuck shit kind of embarrassing Ray. And he's Ray's just looking at him like, what are like you doing? Yeah, <laughs> that that story that he told the story with his eyes where he's just like, 
what are you doing? You know what I mean? And uh, it's, it's like I said, it's very real. It's very raw. And that's why I like it. It's a great, it's a great film. I enjoyed it. Even Adriana, by the, the end, she's like, that's a good movie. I'm like, I, yeah, I, I'm sold. It, it, he did a great job with it. He did a phenomenal job with it. Now, while the, as, as the course of the movie was going on, I'm like, where is this fucking kid from? So I looked into it. He actually is the motion cap for Atreus from God of War. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, that's where I fucking recognize him. You from. probably recognize him being around the screen. <laughs> yeah. So uh, rear boy. Yeah. Exactly. Um, there was a scene uh, about halfway through that made me really uncomfortable with him. Which one? With the girl. Oh yeah, man. I thought that was the whole point of the scene. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Maddie was like, you know, what is the who who is this girl and blah blah and this and that and she's like. This and I'm like, like woman, relax. This move, the scene is probably supposed to make you super like squirmy. Yeah. And then this scene is, man, we've all kind of been in, maybe not the exact spot, but we've been in a similar situation. We've been in a situation where we didn't know what to do. Like, you, yeah, like you yeah, didn't expect, absolutely. you didn't expect to get this far kind of shit. Well, cause, cause, cause <laughs> like even look at like the age gap here, right? The, sure. the boys like what? 10, 11, he's 13, 13. And all the other guys are like 16, man. Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. They probably really out here jerking into dumpster porn. That's my American pie reference. But, uh, <laughs> and you know, this kid's just kind of barely like learning about himself type of shit. Yeah. And it, it puts him in a situation where. I think it kind of shows that he was not prepared for that. It, kind of. it was the only way I could really describe it is just so like beautifully cringy because there was the intent. It really was to make you go, man, what the fuck is going on? right Yeah. Now? But if you look at the purpose, I think it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And it, man, even like besides that, because I don't even think that was the worst part of it. But like, look at like the drug use. Yeah. The drinking, which is like super prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um. Even like the family abuse, bro. Like you saw, like the brother wailing Beating on the, the shit out of him. Yeah, it, yeah. It wasn't like like don't tell mom. It was like you better shut the fuck up, yeah. boy. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny. It's so it's so funny because the mom is curious on why he's why he's going down this path, but yet didn't care beforehand. You know what I mean? Like until he started coming home with cuts and bruises and shit, she didn't care where he was. You know what I mean? Like that's the, I think it's such a it's such an interesting look at that, at that dynamic of it all. Yeah. You know what I think is really kind of nice about this film is that it doesn't revolve around any one character because, you know, it's very easy to get caught up in your own life and this and that and me and me and me and, you know, my immediate family, me, 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 me type of shit. But everybody had something going on, whether it was good or bad, and everybody was continuously moving forward just like it is in real life. And yeah. I feel like sometimes it's very easy to get caught up on a single character or a single story arc, whatever the fuck it may be. But this movie kind of like destroys that mentality mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, yeah, you have smidges here and there of character progression and development and stuff like that, but it doesn't feel artificial. It doesn't feel like this is some grandeur screen scheme or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It felt at the end of the day, like it was five buddies getting together to skate and do some delinquent fucking shit yeah, like yeah. we did 10, 15 years ago. And I love it because I, I love the the scene where Ray just looks at him. He's like, man, you take a hit better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And there's like, it's not just from the perspective of, of all the bumps he's taken as a skater, but like his brother beating the shit out of him, the, the whole thing at the end. Um, now, the only one complaint that I have about this film, and it's a minor complaint, but I feel like based on what happened at the end of the movie, that there were circumstances that should have led to people having better, bigger consequences. 
and it kind of left felt like everybody left scot free in that particular yeah. scenario. You know I mean, what I'm saying? There, there wasn't a real resolution in the movie. Yeah, there there really wasn't. But I feel that in this instance, it's okay. Wait, the the but the re, the reason why I like that is because let's think about it. He's gonna grow up. That kid's gonna grow up. You cannot tell me that the resolution of his life, his story arc, or whatever comes happens when he's 13 years old. Absolutely. You felt like you're leaving him off and that he's going to do live the rest of his life. Because I feel like a lot of these movies that come out when it comes to like... like this is the climax of your life. This is your story. Yeah. yeah and it's, well, his is just getting started. Exactly. All of theirs, really. Yeah. So that, that's what I liked about it. Because it's like, well, he's tomorrow he's going to wake up and he's going to keep hanging out with his friends. From like a audience perspective, it's just a smidge frustrating. Yeah. But if you look, if, if you really look at this from like an art, like this, this isn't a movie. This is a, a time capsule. This is a work of art. I think it's a lot more forgivable in that instance. Uh-huh. Because like I said, there's no clear cut direction this movie takes. It's just kind of rolling along like yeah. a skateboard. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. That's the beauty of it. So what's your final rating, man? I know we, we kind of chatted about this. So... Uh, Gabe, we, we, you and I have never decided on like an official rating system for this fucking podcast. Can we come up with one that we can have that we would be uniform all the way across? <laughs> yeah. Um, I we, like... I like how we decide this 100 episodes in the one. I, I like the idea of like the grading system, like F to A, F being like burn every single copy you come across in the Walmart bin. Yeah. And like A being like you should definitely watch this. Yeah. And of course, you know, you could add the, the modifiers, the A plus, A minus type of shit. Okay, so we do. So you want to do that for movies? I think that's a fair scale. Yeah, we could do that. Uh, this is a beep. This is a uh, shit. <laughs> See, it's rough, man. And, and, and keep in mind, I, I mentioned that this movie would be super relevant to our generation, the millennials. And, you know, the, like a five, give or take five years from yeah. where kind of we were born in that area. I, I think it's a good movie regardless of that but i think it'll be most relevant and most effective it'll have the most impact on like our age group yeah like anybody that grew up going to zoomies more than twice a week or going to journeys or man you remember that shit i do all right yeah. so i'm gonna i'm gonna give this an a minus yeah. so for the simple reason that i want more and i think they had enough time to give me a little bit more that's the only complaint i Very have cool. about it yeah. yeah, I'm kind of like B plus, A minus territory as well. Well, at the end, what's the difference? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. It's like a percent or two. Yeah. I think for um, I think for what this movie was, and I think for what Jonah Hill very carefully constructed and crafted and brought to the screen, I don't think you could get any better than this. No, not for a first time out. Absolutely not. No, not even first time out. Name me a better skate movie where that's like the primary focus well larger dog town that's that's a documentary though right no the the dog town the z boys is the documentary larger dog town was about was the the dramatic yeah that's like it though that's like the only thing that i could think of as far as being a better skate movie i can think of a couple that come close like what like uh 88 acres of anarchy mm. the skatetopia documentary mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that was that's a documentary too though it's kind of hard yeah to... you know it's hard to compare drama and documentary in that sense but i'm saying from you get a little bit of everything here you yeah. get grown up in the scene you get the real life repercussions almost and then you get it all wrapped up in a nice neat package mm-hmm. and personally i don't think you can get any more real than this yeah because you know you show me 
something like like 88 acres right where it shows all these people getting fucked up playing music blah blah blah, this and that right mm-hmm. it's like you know whatever happens to them you're just like well that's on them they wanted to go to skatopia yeah this and that like you know they're grown-ass people these are kids man it's yeah. different yeah and i think it was a good strong message so i'm with you right there on that a minus bracket absolutely i think like i said man this would have been very easily my runner-up right next to halloween Last year, but we kind of got around to it late. Way a but, little bit later, yeah. Um, while we're still on the topic of Jonah Hill, have you seen him recently? No. Dude looks good, man. He lost all that weight. Well, he, he's like uh, one of those weird guys who gains it all, loses it all, gains it all, loses it all. Well, he, from my understanding, he's like keeping it off. He's done? Okay. Yeah. That's he good. he started after Superbad. And, you know, granted, it's like fluctuated, blah, yeah. blah. But this dude looks good. Like, yeah. like genuinely looks good with all that shit gone. That's good. So, Absolutely. Um, I'm, Healthier life, man. Yeah, man. So I'm I'm excited to see what else he cranks out. Because like I mentioned, he's worked with some of the greats. He worked with Scorsese. He's worked with all these great actors, actresses, directors. And I'm curious to see what comes out of his head next. Yeah, man. Because like, if you think about it, like obviously, you know, he's known for, he's, he's done the comedy stuff. But like, even like Moneyball was a great movie with him in it. Uh, obviously, you had um, you know what's it called? Um, Wolf the Wolf Wall Street. Street. Uh, War Dogs was fucking awesome. Yeah, War Dogs was excellent, man. We did we covered that a bit. Yeah, uh, you know he's he's good. He's in a good spot. Absolutely, good job, Jonah Hill. I'm proud of you, buddy. You've come a long way from uh, graduated. Yeah, from McLovin jokes. You copy? Yeah, man. It was it was a I think I mentioned it like many many years ago that like somebody who could do serious and funny is Jonah Hill. Yeah. 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 All right. What's next? All right, so Cobra Kai. All right, so it's all you. Yeah. So for those who uh, who weren't following the podcast back then, uh, when Cobra Kai season one came out, I was like super happy about it and how it turned out. This trailer came out for season two. I'm equally as excited and looking forward to it. So, like I said, the first season of Cobra Kai. For those who don't know, this is like the follow up to the Karate Kid. Uh, it's shown and told from the perspective of Johnny Lawrence from the Karate Kid. First season was very good. Um, it's kind of established this new wave of uh, bad boy fucking karate kids, I guess. And, uh, you know, moving on to the next generation this season uh, seems a little bit more in depth uh, as far as character to build, uh, building, especially with more of the background characters. They're taking like Johnny's kid and Dan, uh, Daniel's daughter and kind of throwing them into the mix a little bit more. I'm looking forward to it. When are we going to get like a karate kid or something in the same vein where like Joe Rogan's like the master? It's like. To become one with the Taekwondo, you must smoke blunts. <laughs> I don't know, man. I just think it'd be interesting. Yeah. So, or like I, you take someone like some fear factor, like trial shit. <laughs> like, yeah, man, you want to train? Stop. <laughs> you got to jump off this train into this pool of spiders. I love him leaning into the whole fear factor thing. Like, I don't know if you ever watched his stand up where he's like, oh, fucking fear factor guy's making up shit so his jokes can land or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It, it was, he's good. But yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, not much to say. It's just like an initial teaser. But, you know, hey, I was a fan of the first time. Should be good. We got yeah. a date? Uh, I don't have a date yet, I don't think. So I'm looking forward to it, though. That's all I'm going to say about very that. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So we got some gaming talk. We got the trailer for the Mortal Kombat story this week. Yeah. And I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this. But you mentioned something. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I totally forgot about all that. Most of the predictions we made came true. Absolutely. And it was kind of eerie. <laughs> yeah, it was weird because I looked back at the um, when the original trailer dropped, teaser dropped um, this week, and I'm like, hmm, we we nailed a lot of that stuff, a lot of that those predictions that we had for the initial trailer when it dropped, a lot of that came true. Um, 
now we talked about kind of the pick 10 or the pick four system customizing the variations being more of the you know past present and future kind of a deal uh what else did i mention i mentioned a couple the, the, i kind of had my beef with the timeline story thing where yeah. you know where it was going to go one of two ways yeah or like past warriors versus present warriors yeah and you know that kind of came to life yeah I, I think it was a really clever way to organically slip in shao khan back into the mix though yeah kind of like looking at it my question is is i I didn't think about it for this, but think about it from this perspective. But let's imagine Kronika going back in time through a conquer, going back through time to a conquering Shao Kahn, not the Emperor Shao Kahn. Like imagine she's like, you're gonna control everything, but this fucking guy, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be your downfall. So as opposed to Shao Kahn already being that emperor that has the iconic Shao Kahn look, maybe this is a conquering Shao Kahn who's taking over realms. But hasn't sat, you know, sat on his throne quite yet because he's too busy fucking shit up. I don't know. But anyway, that's just a side thing. But a little shocked that he's involved in the story at all, considering he's DLC or pre-order bonus. Yeah, because um, I think Goro just made like a thirty-second appearance in MK. Wasn't right? it at all? No. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So that's my only real concern. So this trailer opened up. First off, it's not nearly as cool as la- uh, the last trailer because last or the X story the trailer. prologue. Well, no, I'm just talking about the X. The last game? Yeah, the X story trailer because they had fucking Chop Suey by System of the Down, which is a fucking perfect pick. This one had more of like a boozoo, boozoo, boozoo. It worked. It worked. Yeah, right. it was all right. Uh, they showed us a couple more characters. Aaron Black makes his return. Uh, who else did they show? They showed Jackie Briggs a little bit. Um, little showed bit. us a little bit more of Cassie. Cassie. I think we just got a lot more of everybody in there, man. Yeah. A little bit more Kano. Uh, Katana made an appearance. Luke K made an appearance. Um, I, lo- I feel like the theme for this trailer was a uh, mini guns, mini guns, mini guns. Yeah, like everybody got a fucking mini gun. Yeah, the end of that thing. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, and you called it the whole temporal Armageddon thing. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, we talked about how that how they may have jumped a little bit early on that one, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, man. Overall, I mean, I'm pretty enthusiastic about the story mode. Not as enthusiastic as I will say about X because I think X was pretty, 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 pretty fucking good. I must say. Uh, as far as the trailer itself and the story itself pretty, executed pretty well. I'm going to leave it at this. They're going to have to tie up a lot of loose ends to make this concrete, believable, and well done. You know? Well done. Yeah, well done type of shit. Yeah. Because there's just so many things like why this, why that, why this, why this. And the whole Kronika thing really kind of, well, why the fuck wouldn't you just rewind it to the first tournament? Yeah. Or why wouldn't you go back before Raiden send the, or why wouldn't you, you know? Well, uh, and it, like, listen, we could debate this and argue this all day, yeah. and I'm sure Ed Boon has a solution to all this. And if it's not in the initial game, I'm sure it'll be on the combat casts mm-hmm. and through all the supplementary material we get afterwards. Yeah. I'm just saying that whatever the team at NRS decides to do, they're going to have to cover all their bases right now because there's <laughs> there's a lot of shit to keep track of, is, yeah. is all I'm going to say. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure they will. Yeah. It's just a matter of let's not forget anything. Yeah. It's you just got to make sure you cover all cover all your, your holes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like I said, man, with this whole time travel thing, it's like, well, why wouldn't you go back further? Well, or why wouldn't you do this? Or why wouldn't you just go to Raiden's birth and kill him there and not worry about it and then split the timelines again? Was, or, Raiden, was Raiden born? <laughs> Maybe created. Yeah. I, like, dude, I'm just saying yeah. that there's a lot of like what ifs to factor in here yeah is, is all i'm gonna leave it at i guess we'll have to wait and see but yeah I, like i said i'm intrigued yeah, of course it is it's more common of course in my cool I'm beans let's talk some battle for the grid man so you sent me um you sent me gameplay of this i think it looks good yeah i think it looks very interesting but you mentioned something that we don't see a lot 
of or nearly not enough of these days. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So uh, this is a a self-admitted budget game created by these guys, uh, this team who decided that they were going to make a if you know a Power Ranger Power Rangers fighting game. And granted, we had some of those in the '90s and the uh, you know the NES and all that. But these guys have took it upon themselves to do a three v three, you know, tag fighting game, right? Um, now, obviously, the market's kind of been bursted open with uh, Marvel versus Capcom kind of falling at the wayside, and Dragon Ball Z, you know, do, doing a good job. Uh, now, this initially, I told you this that I wasn't super hyped about this because it looked kind of like a mobile game visually, right? But with that being said, uh, they have revealed that this is a budget game. You're going to be able to purchase this game for twenty dollars, right? So, a lot of that stuff is forgiven. Now, what I think is a tremendously interesting from these guys. All right, is that sure? It may not be the best looking game, but the mechanics built in are incredibly deep. It looks, it looks like shallow water, but when you you put your toe in, you're like, hmm, and then you're ankle deep, and then you're knee deep before you know it. Yeah, uh, I am surprisingly shocked about how much they've put into this. And and granted, I don't agree with you on the whole. It looks like a mobile game. I don't think it looks that bad. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's not as detailed as something like Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Or I, w- I don't want to say Tekken. That kind of has its own spin. But like the Dead or Alive series, it's not as polished graphically as that. Mm-hmm. But it does have its own kind of sleekness to it. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I don't think it looks like a mobile game. But looking at this, the whole this is a passion project for twenty dollars. I told you when you you know the first thing I said, I was like. $20 isn't a commitment. Yeah. You know, especially in a time now where everything is 60 bucks for the base and then 30 per year to keep, you know, up yeah. to pace. Yeah. And dude, 20, I might just scoop it up for $20. Are you kidding me? I look, look, listen, I wasn't the biggest Power Ranger fan, but I went back and I reread a lot of the lore and this shit is surprisingly very interesting and very kind of fleshed out for what is essentially a kid's action show in the 90s. Absolutely. 20 bucks isn't a commitment, man. And especially for a fighter, like we need to kind of branch out, man. We yeah. I love Mortal Kombat, but sometimes you got to, you know, you got to switch it up. Definitely. Now, uh, like I said, I told you before that it's not my kind of fighter, right? I'm looking at it. I don't know. But I think given the the state. Circumstances. Yeah, the and- state of these these guys' mentality, maybe I, maybe I will drop it. Let's see what you happens. You know, I, I think it's. I think there's a lot of things we wouldn't do on first impression or like just by looking at it, but there's definitely its own charm and its own experience by actually physically doing it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like maybe it might not come off as, oh, I'm, you know, I'm not dropping 200 hours into this, but shit, dude, if you get 20 hours out of it, that's a dollar per hour. That's still cheaper than a movie. Yeah. So you got to look at it. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I'm intrigued. I'm, I'm going to keep watching it. Um, now, Justin Wong's involved. And for those who don't know who Justin Wong is, he's like, one Top, of the greatest. Yeah, one of the greatest fighting game players. Yep. You know, Street Fighter, Marvel, all that of all time. Very well-rounded man. Yeah. So, uh, and he's behind a lot of this. He was, uh, you know, doing the whole playthrough with them. And uh, he, was, and Max. He, he was doing some dirty, dirty fucking combos yeah, on that shit. So, it looked real cool. Like I said, dude, there, there's a difference between trying to pawn me off something that's worth 20 bucks for $60. But then there's the very honest straightforwardness of, yeah, you know, maybe this isn't the best looking game. 
maybe this isn't by a AAA publisher, and maybe this is a franchise that's been dead for 10 years. Mm-hmm. But for $20, we can entertain you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's that's not that's not submitting. That's not admitting defeat. I think that's a very strong thing to do yeah. in today's marketplace. And I think it takes a lot of huevos. Yeah, I mean, just, like you said, they're not going to say, well, we're not the greatest looking game of all time, but you will have fun. And I think that's, that's the, all that matters. I think that's the most important thing. Because you know what, dude? I still fuck around on RuneScape. I still pull up games. <laughs> yeah, I dude, I still play games that are like decades old at this point. This is true. And it doesn't, dude, like I said, the graphics nowadays should be the initial appeal. Mm-hmm. It's not what's going to keep you playing. Yeah. Because if you wanted good graphics, motherfucker, just go outside. Yeah. <laughs> right? No, you're, you're right. You're not going to get any better than that. Yeah, this is true. This is true. So, so yeah. yeah, I just wanted to give those guys a shout out because, like I said, I watched some of the footage and kind of heard them talk. And Very cool. I am going to do a quick little side bit here. Um, Dove Maker came out on Friday night. I will do a full review once I'm a bit deeper because I just started it. I got, I don't know, maybe three hours into it. I'm liking it so far. I'm not going to give away too much, but I will kind of give this. It uses the same engine as Resident Evil 7 and the Resident Evil 2 remaster. And the game looks fucking superb. I'll leave it at that. I'll give kind of a full review once once I feel like I'm ready, once I maybe plow through the initial playthrough mm-hmm. and kind of do that stuff. But yeah. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye on that. Interesting. Because like, Devin McCray is not my thing, but I know it's very much your thing. And like I said, we have different... I feel like you would appreciate some of the mechanics they bring in. Maybe huh. not necessarily want to buy the game. I think you'd find a lot of the things implemented interesting, though. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. But, yeah, man. So, let's go ahead and keep it moving. All right. So, PlayStation had its newest update, right? And now it allows for remote play. You know, essentially Finally. What, yeah, what this means is that you'll be able to pull up your game on your phone and play it on your phone. Uh so I downloaded it, gave it a whirl. How is it? I think it's the future. <laughs> I will say that. But Steam's had this for a couple of years now, and I think Microsoft just kind of implemented it too. Yeah. I will say, granted, this is the uh, the only one I have the, the what's it called, the hands-on experience with was the Sony one. Uh, it is a little janky. Mm-hmm. as to be expected because the game is meant to be played a certain way. And if you take that away... Uh, you know, it's going to be kind of difficult. Leave something to be desired. Yeah, definitely leave something to be desired. But I think it's very cool. Like I said, I think it's kind of the future. I think eventually there's going to be a point where you'll be able to connect your remote to your phone and you'll be able to have like your little screen in front of you and play. Well, all people already do that. Yeah, absolutely. One of the guys I work with brings a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse and like hooks up to our servers from his phone. Yeah. And so, you know, the future, the future is now, old man. Yeah, I guess so. It's weird. Um, like I said, uh, I, I went, I put uh, put in um, Siege, just just because no, I wanted to see, because I'm like, you, well, okay, was it playable at least? No, no, uh, just because of how the the the, the rem- delay, how not even the delay, but how the 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 remote is laid out on the screen. Okay, so because it's like thumbsticks are here, control pads here. Well, all right, well, 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 <laughs> hear me out. The DualShock Four controllers are Bluetooth. And so is your phone. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Maybe try and play around with that. Hmm, because right. if if the controls are the issue, there's a solution. I promise you, we'll yeah. find something for that. Yeah. But how is everything else? 
it, it it was interesting. Like you said, it was a little, a little bit of a delay. Uh, I like I said, I played Siege. I couldn't even aim, which I, I picked the most uh, unforgiving uh, game game to, to to do that just to set, kind of benchmark it. Uh, I'm like, okay, that's undoable. Um, but I slid onto uh, Madden. I did that next. Okay, it was it was okay. It wasn't great, but it was doable. Um, then what else did I try? And my MLB game, okay, a little bit, the delay kind of sucks with pitching because it's kind of hard to time that. Yeah, but uh, not too bad. Uh, what else did I try? There was one other game that that's escaping me at the moment. Uh, Red Dead Redemption. That was fucking hard. I could barely play Red Dead with the fucking remote, let alone with the fucking. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I think it's cool. I, obviously, this is like this is something like you said that has been done previously, and I have never had any hands on experience with it. But yeah, oh. let's uh. There, there's been a lot of in this PC gaming community. There's been a lot of stuff where there's like a cloud service you could use where you don't need to build this super awesome, excellent computer. They'll let you use the graphics card and processor that they have in their cloud storage area. Yeah, and you almost sort of like stream the game to your machine. Yeah, and this isn't new technology, but it's just finally breaking into the mainstream. Yeah, and it should be interesting to see this develop. I think that this will be. Almost like a key selling point in the next gen. Probably, it's like yeah. you can't, you know, you can't play uh, The Last of Us right now because you're not home. Stream it. Yeah. Stream it to your phone. Stream the game, and I'm sure they'll make like mobile controllers and the the mobile space is very malleable at the moment. I think what, there's a lot to be played around with. What they'll do is they'll add an attachment that you could plug in through your your phone you port, your port and that'll hold it yeah yeah, it'll hold. yeah should be fun but just remember if you can't play siege via the phone controls mr homeless did it with a wii remote he did it with the racing wheel he did it with pineapples he played siege with a whole bunch of dumb shit and you should just check out his fucking videos if you're ever looking for a good what? laugh yeah okay he, he played it with the with like the you know the forza like steering wheel <laughs> and stuff but he like went into the game files and upped the speed he changed Ash's speed from three to three hundred, <laughs> and so he had he had the Mario Kart music in the background, like, dee, 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 and he would just fly around favela with Ash. <laughs> the fucking god damn, that's sit, funny. Sit down and watch that shit. That shit is hilarious. You had to send me a link to that. He's that's... been banned by Ubisoft like a whole bunch of times. <laughs> that's funny. But he 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 actively has this thing where he's like, if you send me a controller of your choice, I'll make it work. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny because it's like. Uh, like you said, they've been, he's been banned by Ubi, but like you almost need somebody like a doctor, like a mad scientist, to be working on this type of shit. Because like who 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 else would? Who who else is on the like fringes right now? Yeah. You know, seriously though, if you're if you're a Siege fan and you're looking for a good kick, this dude is fucking hilarious. Copy that. I'm gonna have to look into that. That's funny. But <laughs> he has this whole um, like you know those detective boards where they tie the yarn. He had this whole massive conspiracy of how they're going to give Jaeger back his ACOG because he refuses to play anybody but Ash and Jaeger. And now they both don't have their ACOG. Yeah, that's that's fucked. Well, te- technically Ash has her ACOG. is just on the other gun. But um, yeah, so that's funny. Moving on. I'm sorry. Was... All right. Shall, shall we move on to this week's games? Yes. Let's go ahead and do that. Did you do your potters? I got like five of them. You got five of them? All right. Yeah. To be fair. My this these are my girlfriends. I didn't do these, Ooh. so I want to throw that out there. But she did hers so well that I didn't want to kind of go back and reconstruct. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, go ahead. Go, you, so, you you go first because if it's if it sucks, we'll roll with yours, and then uh, I, I won't do mine. Let me let me let me try and find these. Oh, Gabe lost them. Yeah, right. I feel like whenever I have to find something, I usually have it immediately, or I'm just kind of scrolling through. Yeah, type of shit. Let's see. 
Scrolling through. Did you hear that uh, Orb Tour in Atlantic City sold out? Yep. Yeah, so much for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the second show in uh, two weeks, Gabe, that you missed the boat on. Whatever. I'm not too too Bum. worried about that one. Yep. Still looking. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'll do the ones that I remember off the top of my head because, like I said, I didn't write these down, but these were the ones I was kicking around. All right. So bear with me. Ready? Ready? So this is the first one, Harry Potter and The Boy Who Lived. And The Boy Who Lived. No, okay, Harry Potter, The Boy Who Lived. So ah. I feel like uh, the formula with Harry Potter and the blankety-blank doesn't necessarily have to follow. You know what I'm saying? Okay, that's fair. Uh, second one was uh, Harry Potter and Tom Riddle's Diary, which it's, it's – what's the word I'm looking for? It's um, like if you didn't know what you were getting into, it's still like it would raise some red flags in your head. But once you know the story, then you know the story, right? But yeah. Uh, what was three? Uh, Harry Potter and the Dementors, just because I thought that was like the most interesting thing. Now I know people love swear up and down about Prisoner of Azkaban. To me personally, I mean, I didn't read the book. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, the movie is not my favorite. It's, not, it's probably my least favorite. I think if you examine it from a directorial point of view, you'll find more to be uncovered. Yeah. If we ever watch it together, I'm gonna be super annoying because I love like fucking cross-examining that film and shit. No, no, no it's good. It's great. Uh, I do that. Me and John do that too. But uh, so. I, the fourth one was Harry Potter and the Triwizard Tournament. That was a fucking layup. You know what I mean? Uh, Triwizard Cup? Tournament. Is it the tournament? I thought it was the Triwizard Cup. No. That's the, the the prize at the end was the Yeah, the it makes cup. sense. Yeah. Uh, five, which this was this is Order of the Phoenix, right? Yeah. To me, Order of the Phoenix is probably the most perfectly named. Uh, yeah, like you can't get better than that, yeah, right? You're not going to get better than Order of the Phoenix, but it would probably be Harry Potter and Dumbledore's Army. Right would probably be the second thing that you would name it, and after that, that's when I started to get a little, a little shady, little sh- little wonky on the names. Like Gabe has lost them; they're gone, dude. They're they're gone to the in ether. The fucking abyss, bro. They're in the ether. They're in the ether type of shit. Yeah. Oh man. Oh man, he's gonna be mad at you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, let me let me give this one more scroll through because because I'm kind of upset. These are really quality ones too. Oh, so she has some real guns on. That's good. I thought they were quality. I've never had this before, Gabe. What? This uh, Arizona red apple red tea, green tea with ginseng. How is it? It's fucking delicious, bro. Yeah. Now, historically, the green tea Arizona is my favorite. This one? I always like the mucho mango. It's, I always had a soft spot for that. I mean, I like the mucho mango, but it's not tea. It's really just juice. It's juice, yeah. It's not tea per se. I like it. I drink it. But I'm starting to think that this might be my new favorite one. I'm an Arizona snob. I'm not gonna lie. When I'm a, you, I'm when a tea you snob. Grow up with that shit being a dollar. Yep. And super available. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 free real estate. Really. I used to uh, get these delivered to my house. Really? Yeah, like uh, the cranberry one. You don't know enough about the cranberry one. Have you seen the cranberry one? I I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh my god, it's so good. Uh, I used to have that one delivered to my house, along with um, the tropical fruit one. Copy that. Copy that. All right, sir. I got some bad news. It's gone. It is in the ether, my man. All right, well. Yeah, oh, wait, hang is. on. There's maybe one more spot that they might be. Oh, no. Maybe one last spot. Gabe's got to scroll through all his porn. It's <laughs> a lot of porn in there. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, that's more organized than, yeah. than everything else. Yeah, man, you got you to gotta know yep, where you no, need to go. In the ether, buddy. Sorry. All right. It is what it is, though. But, uh, so, yeah. The, I mean, she. She. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll find it six months down the line. Yeah, right. Oh, so, by the way, let's go revisit that episode from... So uh, I put this little thing on here because I think it'd be cool to examine it. Um, so it's called Where Were You, right? Where were you? <sighs> when, the, when my walls came crashing down or whatever. Yeah. A sure. date to remember song. Sure. Um, where were you the first time you heard 
uh, job for a cowboy. Because I actually have a pretty amusing story. Um, now, I know you have strong feelings for job for a cowboy. The first two albums, yeah. Me personally, historically, I've never had any per- any kind of strong opinion on them either way. That's just me. Okay. Yeah. So, because it's funny, because like we, you and I, uh, <laughs> it's funny because I think based on like our our initial launching point for the scene are so polar polar opposites of where we ended up. Like as far as preference, I think where, what was your launching point for for po- metal? Post hardcore was my was my launching point. Well, do you remember a band specifically? Because I can give you a band. I can narrow it down to a song. Uh, can you? Like the first band that got me into this. Yeah. Um, it would have to be Under Oath, I would think. You think so? I would have to be. All right. I think uh, probably something off the first album because I like the first album. With uh, Dallas? No, no, not the fucking first album. It's just in my the head. Only the only Chasing Safety? Yeah, the other ones don't exist in my head. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the only Chasing Safety would probably be something off that. Maybe Dangerous Business or something like that. Maybe. Okay, very cool. Maybe. Yeah. But as far as Job for a Cowboy, and it's funny because like I said, it's, it's, so, it's so polar opposite because you're more towards the, the the weird stuff now and i'm more what towards mean the weird stuff like the dance gavin dance of the world and stuff like that i'll enjoy dance gavin dance. yeah you had a very high uh high praise but i'm more about like the oh fucking sludgy ass hardcore Ugh. so so why are you not into job for a cowboy at least that hurts shit well yeah like i said it's so just, you gotta go back and re-listen to doom my mans doom yeah well because nine songs well now i know why you brought that because like i said i saw you we'll talk about that next but uh I don't know. Well, well, sorry, keep going. This okay. is your. This so, is your. Uh, and just to answer your question, my launch point into this whole scene was "Wait and Bleed" by Slipknot. That was the first thing uh, that absolved me into this. Well, that's different then. Yeah, because very different. Yeah, no, I'm saying like, because I'm more referring to like this stuff, the stuff that we cover. Because Slipknot, like, I don't know. Because if we're doing that, then it would be Linkin Park. But like, it's kind of that's fair, man. Back in the day, yeah. But I'm saying they but, weren't like, the massive giants that they are now. But I'm more talking about like the. St- the the scene the scene that we're in yeah. oh man what was the band that got me in the, probably jump for a cowboy yeah um so i this was very early into my like metal appreciation career is what we'll call it right and so i had just plowed through i think we got 9.0 live that year and i i had plowed through everything up to that point and i really enjoyed it and my buddy who got me into slip now we were hanging out with him and of course he had this kind of stoner uncle cousin whatever the fuck he was but it was this dude, he was like 19, I think we were like 12 or 13, right? And he was like, dude, you guys gotta listen to this job for a cowboy. Was he a surfer? surfer? Cause why is he no, no, but he had the hair for it and everything, you okay. know? And so he throws on Entubement of the Machine. And from that point on, bro, it was like the very first hit of crack you ever take. You're like, this is for me, man. And so it, that slowly kind of started my my like downhill grind into, I need I need something heavier. I need something heavier, you yeah. know, because uh-huh. once you once you hit a new kind of like like heavy point, you're like everything prior and everything new that comes up. You're like you feel a little bit different about it, yeah. you know. And so jab for a cowboy when in two minutes of the machine came on like, what the fuck is this? This is stupid, gnarly, dumbass, heavy. And then, you know, you, you go back and listen to a song maybe like a week later or two weeks later, a month later. And you're like, oh, man. Song makes me tingle, <laughs> and that was kind of my 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 point for my first time I heard "Job for a Cowboy." Was that kind of like, you know, like that seventies like hide right? Like this totally like outlandish dude who's like, bro, no, Slipknot isn't heavy, 
I'm like, what do you mean they're not heavy? You got to listen to Jeff for a cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and oh man, dude, Slipknot is not heavy anymore. Yeah, that's true. And so that was kind of my, my, yeah, man, the first time I, I listened to Jeff for a cowboy. Because like I, I share that sentiment with like constantly looking for something heavier. Then eventually you just feel like a fucking archaeologist, you know, like archaeologist just digging through the deep sludges of the it, earth, it, dude. Because you're always trying to chase that first high when you hear something. Because there's a difference between hearing something heavy. You're like, yeah, this is heavy. And there's a difference between hearing something heavy, italics font. You know, you're like, damn, this fucking smacks. Because there's, there's a big difference. Because people to this day crank out stupid heavy music that you can't understand shit and that doesn't resonate with you, right? Yeah. I can name a dozen bands. But when you find something that's that's still crazy stupid heavy, but it has a lot of shit you enjoy in it, and I don't know, maybe it's just the way that the screams come out. Maybe it's the riffage. Maybe it's the song progression. There's something special about that. And you're like, oh, man, daddy's got something cooking in the oven right now type of shit, you know? All right. And that was kind of that point for me. All right. So so we, we could kind of do this and we could kind of have some retrospective. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be bands, but I thought this was, you know, I had a fun story for it. And I put it on... Uh, our bracket that we made. Yeah. So you you want to talk a little bit about that? So me and Gabe have taken on a moment of temporary insanity, and we decided that we are going to create a uh, tournament style bracket for our quote unquote um, March Madness, like our March Madness version. And of so this. we essentially just took four subgenres of metal, metalcore, whatever core, you call it. Core. Yeah. So we had metalcore, post hardcore, regular hardcore, and deathcore, and I think that. Just predominantly, this is what we listen to, right? These yeah. four subsets. Yeah. And so they were kind of broad enough to encompass all the bands we wanted to encompass, but still specific enough to give us a kind of strict path to follow. Right? Yes. Yeah. So but, uh, let me make this clear that I'm not necessarily saying that this is like, what's the one I'm looking for? Like our, you know, what's the one I'm looking for? Like Favorites. It's, yeah. It's not necessarily. Well, uh, you know, maybe that not for you. N- well, I'm sorry. Not for me. I no. know you picked some of your fucking yeah. favorites. No, we have some of our favorites on here, but like I said, this is not just to pick like all our favorite albums. This is to pick the representation for the year of oh shit of this tournament this year. Now, this is not stuff that's coming out this year. This is stuff that has been existent in all of mankind. I think the earliest album we got was two thousand like five, man. Yeah. So like yeah, that's probably about right. Um so this is just like random bands that we enjoy albums of and we wanna take them, compare them. And uh, pick a winner at the end for the year. Sure. And so I uh, I sautéed up this bracket, and we kind of have all the subgenres going against each other. Mm-hmm. And I think we have some interesting lineups. Um, if you guys pay attention to this podcast and listen to us, you know that Vanna's Void is going to be on there. You already know that Jacob put Dead Throne on there by the Devil Wears Prada. You were so fucking predictable. <laughs> me, on the other hand, I put... I think maybe too predictable for me. One of them being creatures, because I, I feel like I speak about a lot, highly about creatures. Uh-huh. Motionless and why I put that under metalcore. And then job for a cowboy, because fuck, man, that shit smacks. Mm-hmm. But I kind of picked, like, you were like, wow, you, you had my choices for post-hardcore. He, Gabe literally picked my first four that I was going to choose. And, and, and here's the thing, though. I enjoy those albums. I wouldn't necessarily put any of those in my favorites category, uh-huh. except maybe the Alessano one that's kind of approaching it, but yeah. not in it. But yeah, it was... Uh, the Emptiness, Alisana, Chiodo's, uh Bone Palace Ballet. And Fake History by the Let Live. There was another one another one that you And there was another one too. Oh uh Seosin, Seosin. Yeah, yeah. Self titled Seosin. Yeah. But yeah, those are my first four and then Jake's like uh, I'm like, what the fuck? But yeah, so we're gonna go through these. Again, there are thirty two albums total. 
And uh, like I said, get me and Gabe will divide these up. We haven't exactly decided how we're going to choose the we, winner. We have yet. some ideas. We're, we're gonna we're gonna figure this out though. Yeah. By next week, we will have winners decided some way or another for round one. Yeah, for round one. And uh, like I said, this is not just necessarily like oh, sure. C- Crisis was the other one. I'm sorry. You, you wanna you wanna run through these albums and kind of give a quick little sentence about? Yeah. Uh, so we'll start with the hardcore bracket. Knock loose laugh tracks. Um. Man, yeah. you said it last week. These guys have been blowing up, and that yeah. bubble's going to burst when this new album drops. That's no no brainer. Yep. Uh, Jesus Peace, Only Self, pretty uh, good. New album came out. I think it's fair to put it in a contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, Great American Ghost, Hatred Stems of the, from the Seed. Yep. Yeah, nothing to say there. Uh, Code Orange Forever, which is just the fucking grimiest album you like, ever hear in your Grammy life. Like Grammy-nominated album, right? Yep, absolutely. Vanna Void. Uh, it's going to be very hard for me to pick. That's going to be eliminated first round, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. We'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Uh, the Chariot Long Live. Oh yeah. Fucking nasty ass little album. Fantastic. Harm's Way Post Human. It's a solid contender for a local band. Absolutely. And uh, Year of the Knife Ultimate Aggression, which is new. Probably the newest album we've had on here. Probably. I, I think that. Yeah, man. Because that's four months, five months, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the freshest one on there. Yep. Let's go ahead and metalcore. You can go ahead and introduce these, and I'll give a little comment. Oh man, we're I didn't even have this pulled up, man. We well, gotta catch me with my pants down. I'm sorry, bro. Hang Twice. on, pulling up. Uh, so metalcore, we got kill switch engage. The end of heartache because Jacob's a dad. So wait, hold on, no, no, no. So Gabe's like, oh, dude, I said metalcore, not dead metal. I'm like, well, first off, if metalcore had a Mount Rushmore, these motherfuck that motherfucking <laughs> album will be on there. So that's why I put. I was that just one. giving you shit, man, because kill switch engage is kind of. No, I know. Yeah, you know where they are. They're yeah. right there with Five Finger Death Punch but, and all that remains but, now. But when this came out... Oh, yeah, I'm not yeah. doubting you. Yeah. I'm not doubting you there, buddy. Uh, Creatures, Motionless and White. Uh, absolute classic. Uh, really surprising for our first you know act for a new band when they came out. So, yeah. Uh, this the, this the, the overhead mix-up right here. Someday came suddenly. <laughs> attack, attack. <laughs> the overhead mix-up. You could say that like that. Uh, I call it the worst case scenario. But, uh, sure. Yeah, we'll see how well this does. Uh, Bless the Fall Witness. I think this is an obvious choice. Yeah. When this came out, it kind of took the, the scene by storm. It, Absolutely. Hot Topic was filled with Bless the Fall merch like Absolutely. the following days. Absolutely. Uh, Dead Throne, Dead Wars Prada, no-brainer because it's Jacob. You missed one. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, yeah. As I Lay Dying, An Ocean Between Us. Uh, now we talk about Metacore Excellence. That is it. Yeah, they're in Juliet <laughs> next week, buddy. So uh, we'll see. We yeah. will see. Uh, All That Remains, Fall of Ideals. Yeah, I think is... this falls in the same ballpark yeah. as the Lay Dying album. Absolutely. But uh, absolute fucking banger. And if yep. you were around for like the early days, man, you know what I'm talking about. Yep. I Killed a Prom Queen, beloved. Oh, my God. It's such a nasty Dirty ass album. Dirty, grimy, nasty. Yep. Oh, man. Death Car, here we go. Oh, yeah. Ah. I think I picked out most of these, man. Uh. Well, you had the last three. <laughs> All right, let's run through it. Let's run through it. All right, so uh, we'll do Deathcore. Deathcore is next. As it, as blood runs black, we all know who put this fucking on here. Allegiance. This is Gabe's. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, when you have guys like Speedy in the older... The, the way the band was originally was something very special, and it's devolved ever since. And you just haven't captured that lightning in a bottle that Allegiance was. Mm-hmm. It was the gold standard. For yeah. Deathcore, when yeah. that shit dropped. Absolutely. Next up, Upon a Burning Body, Red, red White, and Green. Uh, is... It was kind of hard for me to pick. It was hard. I, I know I wanted a, Upon a Burning Body in here. Yeah. And I was like, what kind of encapsulates this? And the first album with like Carlito's Way and stuff, I think was just a little too gritty. Like yeah. You kind of had to you know, brush off some of the sand and dirt. Absolutely. And that's not bad inherently, but I wanted something a bit more... Refined? Yeah, a bit more refined, like harder steel for this Deathcore bracket. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, like I said, it was either this one you would put on or um, Shift of the Barrio. Yeah, I have, think that's fair. It would have to be. Uh, so next up, this I would have put this on here had you not put it on there already. The Cleansing, Suicide Silence. No-brainer, just had the tenure. Had to go on it, and Gabe just wax poetic about job for a cowboy doom. 
I I think if you really listen to it, you'll know why I put it on there. Okay. They well, did some creative fucking shit. All right, we'll talk about it. This one, uh, now Gabe originally put another album on here. Uh, I Okay, so here's the thing. I like Hate, and I think I like Hate more than Holy War, even though Holy War is still a very proper album. And <laughs> I said it beats out Holy War in every... I was just fucking with you because yeah. I know it would freaking freak you out. Yeah. But I put Holy War on here because I, I, I think the general consensus is Holy War... Steps it up a notch. It kicks Absolutely. it up. It has that extra spiciness to it. Absolutely. So I flip-flopped that. Yep. Uh, fit for an autopsy, the great collapse. That was all you, buddy. This is just smash mouth. Putney type of shit. Yeah, smash mouth album. Love it. Smash mouth album. Now, this, this one gave, gave me shit for it, but I want to go ahead and go on record again and say, Amir, Look at Yourself was the one of the nastiest albums that came out two years ago, and I don't give a fuck what anybody says. That thing was a fucking masterpiece. I put it on there, and I told Gabe... I, okay, I will forgive you because this is literally not any other Amir album. Yeah, right? yeah absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. I wouldn't even put any other Amir album I, on here. I think this is the only way you're weaseling out of this one, buddy, <laughs> because I, I still didn't enjoy that album much, but it's better than, everything they've done. than wiping your boot with any other Amir album. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. But I don't give a fuck. That thing was And then you piece. put this last one on here. I did. What what the fuck happened? White Chapel you short circuit somewhere? No, White Chapel, Mark of the Blade. I'm like, you can't have a Death Chord break without White Chapel. <sighs> I understand. Yeah. And I, I think this is the last one we filled in, right? Because post hardcore went first. That went up. Yeah, that was like fast. flames. But yeah, man. So I, I get the white chapel mess. Yeah. I just didn't think it'd come from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you would have put like Oceano on here before you put white no, chapel. No, 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 no. All right. All right. Uh, post hardcore. So this one, this one was the first bracket done. Wait, hold, hold, for, yeah, go ahead. Hold on. But before we, we dive too deep into this one, I will say if we're if we're comparing eight to eight albums, to me, this is the best set of eight. Out of this any is other. the easiest. Yeah. Very easily the most well-rounded. Yeah, out of the this, this is the best so far. All right, and it may be because we were just balls deep in post-hardcore for you know a decade there. But I guess so. We got Crisis, Alexis on Fire, absolute masterpiece. It's it no, there's no other word for it. It is an absolute masterpiece. Yep. of the time, fake history, let live. We'll That's, talk some more about let live later. Yeah, but yeah, dude, this is banging. Um, fake history, dude. Oh, I, it was so between good. fake history and the fucking next one, which. With Banshee on it, whose name I can remember. Uh, we, we always fuck up that name. Uh, America the Beautiful Black or something like that. We always. Yeah, but, th- man, when Fake History came out, dude. It's so good. It was, it was like seeing like a reincarnated Rage Against the Machine, except nobody's ego is that fucking massive anymore. That, and I'm going to fucking say it, the musicianship was a little bit better. So I'm going to fucking say Sorry. Go yeah, I, I think that's a... Overall, yeah. uh, I think if you compared individual pieces, there's something to be desired. But overall, very solid. Uh, Bone Palace Ballet, Chiodos. So if you take my 2006, when this album came out, that was my album of the year. I'm sure that's all you listen to for most of the year. Pro- you're probably right uh, about Seo that. Safe, self-titled. Yep, masterpiece. Can't, can't go wrong. Uh, they're only chasing safety under oath. We wax poetic about this. It's fucking beautiful. It's amazing piece of artwork. We, we decided to pick this album because I think that Define the Great Line is very much so more metal y Yep. And we already had that bracket lined up. We want yeah. some kind of diversity in that. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, man. Under us. And I think, honestly, I think if we put Define the Great Line on here, it would have kind of easily ran away with the whole thing. And you don't want two Under Oath, under oath yeah. albums on here, you know? Because yeah. what are you going to do next? Are you going to fucking slap another Attack Attack album on here? Are you crazy no, bastard? Nobody would ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was questioning you for attacking on the first well, one. I'm just saying you could very easily put something like another, you know, another Die Art is Murder that's true. Or another Devil Wears Prada on here. That, that would have been easy. Yeah, yeah. Then, then we have some violence. Uh, so, Alessandra, The Emptiness. So, I want to go on record and say this because I don't think I've ever mentioned it before. This album is why my daughter is the name that she's named. 
my daughter is named Elisana because of this album. Throwing that out there. So that's just, if we're having any kind of, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, questioning about where my allegiance is on this Elisana album. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No more to be said. Uh, Relativity, Amorosa. Yeah. I was filling this in and I was like, I know there's someone we're missing. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Amorosa, dude. How can you forget about Amorosa? Amorosa, this was after Johnny, right? Don't quote me, but I want to say yes. Okay, because I was like, we're not going to double dip on the Johnny Kringer. And then the last album is a little bit more recent, Dance Gavin Dance. I wanted a DGD album on here. Um, I think Mothership is the best album as a whole so far. Um, I know a lot of the older fans are going to disagree with me. What, what do you think they would put on there? Happiness? No, I think they would put... Uh, Battle Mountain? Mm-hmm, Battle Mountain. Battle Mountain one. But yeah. I think it depends on the time frame you grew up with Dance Gavin Dance. Absolutely. So, like I said, uh, those are the 32 representatives for the core 2019 March Madness tournament that me and Gabe are putting it together. Uh, if you guys have, you know, you have any input, uh, you go ahead and email us or tw- tweet us at tweet us at Twitters, all that good stuff, uh, and we'll talk about it. But like I said, next week we will have our first round of winners, and but probably maybe by, what, by next month, early next month, we'll probably yeah, have. Yeah, we'll get it figured out. Yeah, we'll have the next winner, the winner of the year, and uh, next year we'll probably have a new set of 32. Or whatever, all right? But until then... Uh, we yeah. got some music. Yeah, let's go ahead and get it moving. So, uh, dude, we forgot to cover this for like three weeks now. Uh, Denzel Curry did a Rage Against the Machine cover. Mm-hmm. And it was... Uh, was it Bulls, Bulls on Parade? Killing in the Name of? Yeah. Killing in the Name of. Okay. So... No. Bulls on Parade? Bulls on... Yeah. Bulls on Parade. I think. Hold on. Bulls on Parade. Um, okay, so for kind of those of you who are out of the loop, like Jacob... Denzel Curry was part of the <laughs> XXL freshman class of 2016, kind of one of the incoming rappers, along with like Lil Yachty, Kodak, and those guys, right? And I sent this to you because this came up on my feed. And I was like, I like Denzel Curry. I like what he does. He has a very interesting flow to him. And I thought this was going to be a rap cover of Rage Against the Machine because I think that's very easy to do, especially now when you have a lot of people covering whatever the fuck they want. It's a no-holds-barred tournament out there, right? Yeah. And... So, first of all, it's a live band, and he's not rapping. He is full-blown, hardcore mode, jumping up and down. Yeah. And I said, Jake, you need to watch this right the fuck now. Mm-hmm. Talk to me. Because I, I already like Denzel Curry, and I feel like I'd be more biased than you would be in this situation. So, uh, yeah, like, you know, Gabe sent it to me. I'm like, all right, let me go home, and I'll give it a listen. Uh, I turned it on, plugged it in, and I'm like, man. You know, very first off, the instrumentation was, was great. They did a good job with that. And... Um, he fucking went for it, man. He went for it. Uh, you know, the ball didn't break. He fucking took his bat out, swung, knocked it out of the fucking park with this one, bro. That curveball did not break enough. The guy went right down the center. I think I think Zach and Tom and all the other boys and would be very proud of what this cover is. And fuck, man. He, he just, like you said, dude, he nailed that shit. Yeah. It was ridiculous how well done it was. I, I, I would argue, I mean, we don't know how I feel about Rage Against the Machine. I'll argue it was a better version than the original version, just because of the attitude. Because I, you know, he's he's whiny to me. He fucking is that Killer Yeah, his his vocals. He always they've always been whiny to me. I never liked them. Um, but like this guy, he fucking has some fucking huevos in his in yeah. his in his and voice. He even did like the very like the stereotypical like like down on your like you know hanging out on your knees shit when yeah. the song starts and he like jumped the fuck up yeah. when the yeah man. So I think it's very interesting to see this crossover yeah and i 
I've said it a lot in my years that rap and the metal community, hardcore community, there's just there's a lot of common themes. Absolutely, in there. yeah. But I think it's more prevalent now than it has ever been yeah. before. Because like even now, th- I don't know if you caught it. He threw in some like "fuck Donald Trump" lines in there, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah, this definitely wasn't in the the OG song. Yeah. But he threw his own twist on it. He nailed the performance, and dude, it's kind of like. Why are you not in a hardcore band right yeah, now? You know, definitely. Now, uh, like you said, there's a lot of uh, crossover between the two. I think people fail to recognize the crossover between rap and hardcore. It's because it's on the surface, it's very polarizing. Yeah, you know, like they're, even the communities. They're 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 so far of opposite on the spectrum that they meet up on the other side. Yeah, like a Mobius loop or some shit, right? Yeah. So um, I love it, man. He did a great job. Uh, like you said, I would not mind him. Like taking Jesus peace out, like you guys, you guys come with me for a little bit and fucking. I, <laughs> dude, I if I didn't know it was Denzel Curry, I'd be like, dude, you know, I missed the chariot. It's nice to see this dude still active. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's there's something there's something genuinely special about that. Yeah, because a you could tell that this dude gives a shit about either Rage Against the Machine, the political message, or the community, or maybe all three. Mm-hmm. Two, you could tell that he's been doing this long enough because the screams were pretty fucking good they were gnarly man they weren't like frying out at the end yeah. like you'd expect yeah and three like dude the energy was there mm-hmm. and it's it's weird because if you listen to denzel curry he has a lot of songs that he goes in on but for the most part it's a very like laid back kind of rap yeah but then you see this and you're like holy shit where do you store all this fucking energy you know like where does it go and i told i told gabe i'm like man it would be ridiculous for him to go not bring a live band with him everywhere he goes now like how do you not feel that energy and be like yeah we got to do this from here on out you know granted the denzel curry persona is magnitudes bigger than what this hardcore band would probably be Mm -hmm. but i don't think it would be a bad idea i think it'd be a very fucking great idea to crank out a hardcore album yeah or even coming on a feature or two man like you know jason butler will and we'll talk about him in a second oh yeah like jason butler would be like fuck yeah dude let's go yeah absolutely but it was it was phenomenal that's all i gotta say about it absolutely so you've ever seen it yet i mean i'm sure you have because the internet kind of exploded with it um check that shit out because the guy did a great job musically it was great um yeah he he, he took it made his own thing man need that hardcore album yeah i think and that's kind of the sentiments i saw a lot in the air and everybody's like whoa that was fucking weird because it came out of left field man yeah i i think I, do, I wouldn't have expected him, man. I would have expected, like, probably a bunch of other people to come forth beforehand. Yeah. You could have probably talked me into, yeah, Toby Keith's a hardcore fan. I would have probably been like, eh, you give me a couple of years. I'd be like, all right. <laughs> you know? But Denzel Curry was just so fucking left field. Yep. All right. I got a little update on Slipknot for you. All and, right. Um, so they're back on tour, right? And they're doing a headlining tour for their album. And I think they're opening up for Metallica's world tour right now. They're doing Metallica in New Zealand. Within New Zealand, there's yeah, like six, so six, seven That's cool, right? Yeah. You know, we kind of saw this band grow up from nothing. Yeah. Not going to get too sentimental on it. What I thought was really cool, though, if you buy a ticket to their headlining tour, you get a free digital copy of their new album when it comes out. That's very cool. And granted, this is a band that could very much afford to do that. I just feel like it's a lot of giving back to the community. Because... Mm-hmm. You know, granted, we got jobs now, and you know, ten bucks is ten bucks, but ten bucks is ten bucks. Yeah, you got to look at it like that. And these guys just said, "Hey, man, if you're coming out, you get the album." Yeah, I just thought that was kind of a cool thing to do. It's very cool. And you know, we we have our sentiments and we have our reservations now about the band, but there's no denying that this is a pretty badass thing to do. That, that I mean, like, cause like Slipknot's so ingrained in my childhood. Music, yeah, my childhood and my musical love that. 
they could put out trash if from here on out, and I would still love and them. And Iowa and self-titled are still going to bang. Yep. And there's something special about Volume 3 that you can't just quite describe. It's not as heavy, but there's that still flavor, man, that yep. slipknottiness to it. And Absolutely. Slipknotty. I like that. Uh, but, yeah, um, I don't know if we talked about who they're going on tour with. They're on tour with Gojira and uh, Behemoth this, this summer. Uh, there's one other band in there that's slipping my mind right now. I couldn't tell Volbeat, you. Volbeat. That's what oh, it was. Oh, yeah, Volbeat. Yeah. Um, all those bands are old yeah old 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 um i love gojira i think that they're very grossly disgustingly underrated and they mm-hmm. don't get enough praise fair enough um if you need a starting point the last album oh man that thing is grind meat yeah it is like man it's 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 like almost genty but it's not quite genty genty he says it, it's like it has the attitude of gentiness but it doesn't have the brr, 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 you know it, yeah. you gotta listen to it to understand okay. what I'm talking about and I've been you. a fan of Gojira since Vacuity came out in like 04 okay uh, Volbeat I mean they've been up there for a while man they've just been kind of floating coasting hanging out yep yeah and then uh, nice cruising altitude yeah nice cruising altitude who's the other band uh, Behemoth Behemoth uh, you know they're Polish yes I, I, I think that's super interesting I think um, I think that's why you like them <laughs> no, no no it's not why I like them Behemoth musically, they got maybe like a song or two I enjoy. I just think that Nurgle, the the he's frontman, a, we've talked about him. He's front, I, I, yeah. I think he's a very interesting person. I'm going to leave it at that. You could do your own research, but he has solid points on a lot of his beliefs and stuff. And you know, like him or not, you got to give him credit. They put a lot of work for the presentation of the band. Yeah, because it can't be. I was thinking about this about uh, Motionless and White. Imagine how many orchards they've been on. What, like six, probably yeah. six, maybe seven. Mm-hmm. Chris Motionless and all the other guys came out, caked up, full makeup, full leather, and did it for Fuck. seven seven years. Fuck that. For however many days, hundred days yeah. in the summer. That's that's gnarly, bro. Yeah. Really, you know, like yeah. Batman really seals in the flavor. Yeah. That rubber bat suit. <laughs> but yeah, you got to give credit where it's due. And I don't know. I just kind of want to bring that up. I thought it was cool. Excellent. Because like I said, these dudes would be peddling you their CD twenty years ago, and now here is it. Here it is for free. Yeah, it's very cool. Take it and leave. Excellent. So, uh, in the middle of the week, me and Gabe decided that we were going to do a 13-song set list. Oh, 13? I think you said 15. That's fine. No, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. Because I told Gabe, well, I, let me talk about it. It's, it's a Jason Butler 13-song set list because uh, he's got three bands. Yeah. He's got three. And a fourth one underway. Yeah. He's got three bands. Um, so I figured 13 would be a little bit of a stretch. And I told Gabe earlier in the week, I could do 13 songs for just let live alone. So I think, uh, to kind of balance out the, you know, the, the amount of bangers this man has, um, you know, we'll give him a little bit more. So you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'm kind of curious about where you, where you're going to stand with all this. I'll go first. And I think it's kind of obvious. We've spoken about all these bands and how they compare. I'm most intrigued with pressure cracks just because, I, this man was made for hardcore music. There's no way around it, man. Like he did well in post-hardcore, and he's doing fine in this politicore with Fever. But there's something special about the delivery and the the brutality brutality of Pressure Cracks. Okay, and so yeah. I'm gonna come out swinging with Banshee, because I mean, Let Live is at the top of the food chain right now, just because they have so much. Yeah, and I feel like if you had Pressure Cracks. You know, six what, six albums, right? Six albums? Mm. I think this would be a little bit of a different story. But Let Live is just so, like you said earlier, man, it's so ingrained in our youth and what we grew up with. And it was like epitome of Warped Tour in 2011. That was that, all. Yeah, that shit right? was fucking When Fake nuts. History came out. Yeah, whole different fucking ambiance. So we're going to open up with Banshee because that is like one of the defining Let Live songs. And I love that shit. It's so grimy. Uh, I, I got kind of a mix up on these Let Live songs for you because I think you and me kind of... We enjoy different aspects of it. I got Mother next, also a banger. 
Okay. Uh, that Fear Fever, I think I love that song. That Fear okay. Fever is a banger. Renegade '86, phenomenal track. A week ago. Okay. All right. I I I was listening to that on the way here, man. It's so interesting. It's almost like a like a folk song, you know, like a camp song uh-huh. with the with the way it progresses. Yeah. Listen to it again, you'll hear it. Okay. Uh, after that, we got a uh, copper colored quiet. I really enjoy that song. And then we're gonna transition into the next band, which is Fever. We're gonna open up with Coming In. We're coming in, motherfucker. You know, mm. I think it's a good mm-hmm. segue. Burn it, made in America, walking in my shoes, and then that's where we're gonna leave Fever. And we're gonna transition into Pressure Cracks. So we're doing thirteen, right? Yep. So we're gonna be a wolf, stay inside, stay alive, and then thirteen is gonna be wide-eyed with the ghost inside because you didn't give me any restrictions. <laughs> You're cheating. All right. I, I mean, I got two more if you want. To no, place, no, it's fine. You said fine. Jason Butler, and yeah, that's Jason Butler. I guess so. Uh, so you so you kind of laid your stuff out. I kind of mixed them. I kind of put them all in a bag and mixed them together. That's so. Uh, opening opening up with uh, Banshee, so that's what, what we had in common. Very cool. All right, because uh, you already kind of talked about it. Next up, we the pros and the, we the pros of cons. It's fucking that opening of that song is just fucking hype. That's that's mosh piss inducing right there by itself. Uh, next up is the Fevers. Uh, we're coming in. Yep. Just because I think it's good to have an early part of the set. Um, next up, the sick, the six, the six, six, six point eight billion. Fucking sick song. I love it. <laughs> I get it. Uh, it's a great song. It's one of the probably one of the premier Let Live songs to me. Next up, Renegade 86, still on Let Live. Fantastic. Uh, now we got a trio of Fever with Burn It, Made in America, and Hunting Season. Uh, then I slide back to Let Live with uh, I've Learned to Love Myself kind of in the middle. They kind of break it up. Interesting placement. Yeah. yeah, kind of break it up a little bit because next up we come out swinging with uh, Colleges and Colleges and Collagen. That's such a yeah. heart. I got that next. Uh, be a wolf, younger, which you didn't put on. I'm actually kind of shocked by that. And let closing out with mother, because I like. I think it's the perfect closing song. Yeah, man. So There's that. a lot of talent in this band. Yep. And you know, kind of in the vein of the skater era, what will he do next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. But yeah, so that's our the 13 song set list. Uh, I enjoyed this one. This was I listened through this one multiple times. Yeah, yeah. Like cause it's you, you got some freedom of range here, man. You definitely do. And it wasn't even so much like what to put on; it's where the where was like the important part for me here because I think, like I said, you said it like the first seven or eight came like naturally to you. Yeah. It wasn't what it was where we're gonna put it because, like I said, the whole point of of doing this is so you guys can like make the set list or follow it and listen you know, to yourself, kind of maybe piece it together in your head. Yeah, piece it together in your head. I feel like it's very easy with bands we've seen live. Yeah. We talked about that with Great American Ghost. How it was kind of for me, it was a little bit difficult because I've never you got seen, two albums. Yeah, you know, I, I haven't seen them live either. But yeah, there's you kind of know. Yeah, kind of know, and then you got your wish list. Yeah, absolutely. Like that's how it goes. So um, this was my, probably the favorite one that I, we've done so Very far because cool. I had, cool. had a lot of fun with this one. But yeah, man. So it's your choice, buddy. You can go ahead and uh, please don't say Cage the Elephant again. I might cry. No, we're not gonna do Cage the Elephant. I, you know, I was I was genuinely kind of surprised you didn't like him. I thought you'd kind of like the whole. Motown Western thing, but uh, oh well, so much for that. Um, off the top of my head, who can we do? Let's do Alexis on Fire. Okay, yeah, there you go. Crisis front to back. <laughs> um, how many actually, songs? How many songs is ten. Crisis? <laughs> oh, well, Crisis is. I want to say it's twelve. Twelve songs, maybe. Hmm. Hmm. Let's look it up. Actually, I'm curious hmm. now. Let me, uh, let me pull it up. If it's ten, then we might as well just skip. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, no. There's there's a couple of songs of 44 caliber love letter. Eleven. The, ele- oh. Yeah, <laughs> just barely. Um, yeah. Wow, eleven tracks, and that album—that album's like what an hour, maybe a little bit under, like fifty minutes, forty-two minutes. Damn. Yep. Damn, it's only forty-two minutes, but it feels like 
forever. That's in because, a good way. In all the best ways. That's because they have probably the best singles and the, be- well, the best title tracks. The, the best Alexis on Fire song period is on this album. Well, Boiled Frogs? No. The other one? Which one's the other one? I know what you're thinking of. I can't yeah. think of the name, but this I, could, I this could be anywhere yeah. in the world. That uh-huh. is the best Alexis on Fire song. Period. If I could put it five times on my set list, I would <laughs> just open and close with it. Absolutely. So yeah, that, that yeah. So Alexis on Fire will be on the agenda yeah. next week. Very cool. Um, Jesus Christ. What? You good? Did I peek it. Have you seen the time for that? What is the time on? We that? had an hour forty on this. Oh man, the women are gonna be pissed. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so. You guys can go ahead and like us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, all that good stuff. Um, you can go ahead and follow us on. At, on and you, are you putting out your Twitter? Uh, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Second City Kids at Jabril. Yeah, um, you'll find us. We're the only people that retweet each other's shit. So. Absolutely, <laughs> we, we laugh. Uh, Gabe had a good uh, good zinger a couple a couple months ago where I'm like, man, there's nothing like Vanna. I, I really missed them. And he's like, yeah, nothing can fill that void. I'm like, you bastard. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, yeah, you guys go ahead and follow us on all there. Uh, you can go ahead and email me at secondcitykids at gmail if you have any comments, questions, or concerns. Uh, we got kicked off of Spreaker. We'll talk about that off air because <laughs> we exceeded their storage limits because I'm like, I already have a hosting website. I don't need to. All right. So um, yeah, but until then, we'll see you here back ne- next week for 110. 110. 110. Think about that. Yeah. Uh, 10 episodes from the 100 episode that we, oh my God. Anyway, so, but until then, deuces. <laughs>